0: Hello and thank you for joining us today, August 31st, 2020, for this edition of In Real Time, our short series of podcasts. My name is Chris Broadhead and I'm a Managing Director at Benefit Street Partners, or BSP. We understand that many of you are still joining us from home today as we continue to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic together, and we hope that you and your families and friends are safe and healthy. For those that may not be as familiar with BSP, here's a brief primer. Established in 2008, Benefit Street Partners is a leading New York City based alternative asset management firm with more than 230 employees that collectively serve as a large part of the alternative investment arm of Franklin Templeton. Our guest today is Ray Costa, BSP's managing director of corporate credit and head of the special situations practice. Thanks for being with us today, Ray. Oh, thanks for having me, Chris. And Ray, for purposes of this short flash podcast, I'm going to do my best to limit the amount of questions. Which will help us keep this recording to less than 10 minutes. Today's topic is dislocation in the marketplace, which is where you spend every waking work hour. Given your tenure and experience through numerous periods of dislocation, I was wondering what similarities and differences you see uh, between this current period uh, compared with 2001, 2008, 2011, and and other periods of dislocation you've seen throughout your career.
1: Uh, Really the major difference that I see in today's environment than those other four cycles that you mentioned is they're all macro in nature but the 0108 11 and 16 cycles they all had various different catalysts but they all created a tightening of financial conditions which had an economic effect and the ability to reverse the tightening of financial conditions had an immediate impact on the uh, on the economic environment and the investing environment so there was a level of control that uh, the you know either other market participants or in the 08 11 and 16 examples government entities and central banks could have direct control on reversing the negative outcomes and the negative feedback loop that was feeding its way through the market. We've seen recently a similar situation where you've seen significant intervention and significant you know central bank government intervention or reserve markets, but in this case COVID is different because COVID has a bottom line impact that cannot be affected by increasing liquidity into markets and loosening financial conditions. That is not gonna make somebody go to a restaurant. That is not gonna make somebody go to a movie theater or get on an airplane. Those things are outside of uh, governmental and financial liquidity type controls. And that is where COVID is different. And if COVID has a more lasting impact on the economy, I think that, that we're going to see, you know, higher prolonged default rates than we had in those other cycles, and potentially a greater impact on maybe not as big a part of the credit markets, but on the part of the credit markets that are impact, a greater impact and a longer impact than we've seen in those other cycles. Great, thanks, Ray.
0: Ray, with so much noise in the political and investment marketplace, what do you use as your sources of truth to keep your compass aimed true north,
1: so to speak? Well, we always start with facts. Now, in any situation, there is- There are facts that are provable and undeniable, and then there are things that you theorize, and then there are variables that are outside of your control. So when we are analyzing an investment, we're always gonna start with the facts about the business itself. What is going on inside the company? Where does it source its materials from? What is its process to to produce its product? And who are its customers and how are they affected? And you can come up with a baseline of your investment thesis in and around that. Then there are things that you're going to have to theorize about as it relates to, uh, you know, what are the variables that are gonna impact those kind of three, you know, the basic tenets of building, the building blocks of a business, how do you source and make your material, how do you sell it, what are the variables and we're gonna analyze that. The political environment and the rules that we operate in are all things that we can't come up with Factual. we we have a factual set of baselines of what they are today But we cannot project how they're going to change over time We can only price them in as risks. So one of the nice parts I I, that I like about being in you know financial markets is there are a lot of facts while you're always dealing with Variables and uncertainties and the political environment is certainly one of them uh, we tend to try and make our investments on things where we can you know, have the great majority of our decision based on things that we believe to be factual.
0: Okay. With equities are inching to all-time highs, maybe sprinting to all-time highs, and with spread recovering from the market shock uh, in the spring, a lot of investors are wondering if they missed out on the opportunity. And how would you respond to that question?
1: I think if you're looking to make your returns based on pure beta, then in that case, you will have missed the opportunity. You know, the overall credit conditions in the market are very favorable right now. And for companies that are not as impacted directly by the impacts of COVID or the economic impacts of COVID, that the ability to purchase those securities at meaningful discounts is probably come and gone, and that's true from a high level. But as I said before in your first question, there's large parts of the service economy that I believe will be dealing with the Uh, consequences of COVID for the months and maybe years to come and we are really only five months into these crises and uh, many of those businesses have the toolkit to be able to weather short-term storms many businesses do but many don't and it is our belief that over the next you know six to 18 months there are gonna be many businesses that are going to struggle Operating in an economy that's, you know, operating far less than 100% capacity utilization. Certainly, industries that are, there are more industries that are more impacted than others, and those will struggle the most. And there are industries like big tech that are big winners. So when you think about the overall market, yeah, the fangs are gigantic winners fundamentally. So the rally in their stocks makes sense. However, in my mind, I think some of the securities in the debt markets, particularly those ones that are related to companies that are directly, their revenue line is directly in the line of fire from the social implications of the COVID-ritis. I think today they will be vulnerable and there will be many vulnerabilities that will show themselves in the next six to 18 months. So from a fundamental ground up, will there be a high default rate? I think there will be. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities in special situations and dislocations and I think that we can live in a world where we have an S&P that's near the all-time high we can have investment grade spreads that are near the all-time tights we could have double-digit unemployment and near double-digit default rates I think we could be in a world where all four of those things could coexist so I do not think uh, overall the opportunity has passed except if you were looking just for the big beta trade where the entire credit market collapses and recovers.
0: All right. So living in a world where all those things are simultaneously true, let's, let's talk about the best way for you and your team to spend your time. How does deal sourcing differ for the special situations group at BSP compared with BSP's typical private debt practice?
1: Well, it's a different business model. You have to remember a, you know, private debt business is a banking like business where you're, Outsourcing the ability to provide new capital to companies, whereas a special situations business you're primarily purchasing existing debt uh, at a discount that's already been placed into the market and then potentially providing new capital to help those companies but you've already you know invested in discounted credit so our process is different. we're not outreaching to companies trying to figure out where to provide new credit we're Screening through and looking through all of the markets the private debt markets the CLO markets the the bond markets And we're looking to find where there is credit that is priced at a discount And then we are trying to leverage our already existing knowledge base at benefit Street that we've built up Through our poor lending and banking like businesses to find intriguing opportunities to you know capture that discount uh, maybe is the best way to to put that, whether it be through you know making investments that we believe will be credit or making investments where we may believe that we may have to turn our credit into equity stakes. We believe that those securities are priced at a meaningful discount to their intrinsic value so it 's a very different business model, and ours is one where you know we leverage and we think about our banking and par businesses as very foundational in terms of providing us the library. Uh, and the screening tools to be able to identify those opportunities.
0: Okay, building off of that last question, we're about six months into the pandemic here. Which sectors are showing you the best opportunities given your practice, and which do you see as just too risky to lend it into at this point in time? You know,
1: one of the things that we did at the very beginning of the pandemic at Benefit Street is we we put every industry into a category bucket. We created three buckets, and Basically broke them into industries that are relatively not impacted by COVID, or if they are, it's more short-term in nature. Those being like healthcare and telecom, tele- technology, and parts of the food chain. Uh, in, the, in the second category was more things that were impacted by the economic fallout from COVID, and those were you know industrial businesses, your cyclicals, your consumer businesses, and then the third bucket are companies and industries that are directly impacted by the social changes uh, relative to COVID, airlines, rental cars, restaurants, hotels, casinos, you know, and what have you, so we start there. So if you wanna answer that question, certainly your category threes are to the most opportunity and the most return if you have a belief uh, that COVID in society and medicine will create a solution to this, it's a matter of when. You know, industries like, you know, I said hotels, gaming, uh, casinos, restaurants, airlines, rent a cars are all places where there's lots of opportunity right now. There is still opportunity in that category two space where there are industrial businesses that maybe supply the aerospace sector, supply the automotive sector, supply into. You know, service like businesses that our ha- are, are top lines are being affected so the customers are being affected they're feeling that on a second order so there's a lot of opportunity there there's less opportunity right now in that category one bucket whereas if those businesses from a fundamental perspective aren't be impacted by COVID uh, they are you know they're trading just fine right now so from that perspective I, I, w- I would say, you know, it's the, it's the category threes is where the most opportunity is right now, and there's still lots of discounted paper. There's still a fair amount of category two kind of industri- in more industrial type of opportunities where it's affected by the economy, but not directly by the COVID virus. And from a risk perspective, two places we've been shying away from are industries that have been already in trouble prior to COVID, and that's energy and retail. And the reasons that we shy away from them are that they already had so many challenges prior to COVID. COVID just has accelerated what was already a very problematic uh, investing environment in those two uh, sectors.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ray. I think we kept it to close to 10 minutes. And thank you all for joining us today. Be safe and be well and stay tuned for our next edition of In Real Time. Thank you for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Ray.